Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 35 of Big League Flicks, a sports movie podcast. I'm Jamie McKinvin, and as always, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Christian Webster and Jordan Reed. How are we doing today, boys? How are we doing, boys? Big, big week this week. Great, uh, great movie to talk about tonight. Even better day. I'm just going to say it. Uh, I feel like I'm going to be going to the dance with Lance. So you guys can, uh, just, you guys can just, you know, buy your tickets. You can show up like everybody else. We'll save you a spot. Good seats. You know, no big deal. Uh, we'll have a good week. Anyways, how you doing, so, JR? If you save me a seat, I want to sit beside whoever Jimmy Garoppolo's tickets are there for. I'll tell you that much right now. <laughs> Good to be here, buddy. Um, all is great. It's been a wonderful week. The certain team right here making a big push, protecting Derek Carr as usual. Got us, got our safety we needed tonight. A little secondary help. Okay, look you, out. This you need even more time to throw a pick. Right, easy. Oh, that's, this guy's on fire over here. Shut up. Well, my Bills picked up a nice edge rusher and at the back of round one. See, we were at the back of round one because we had such a good season last year <laughs> with uh, with uh, the best quarterback in the league, I might add, uh, Mr. Josh Allen. So uh, hopefully we're picking up a running back here in the next. We got another pick coming up here probably in about 20 minutes. I'm hoping for Trey Sermon from uh, the Ohio State. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. So that's a nice segue as we're talking about our teams and draft day, because today we're doing a movie that's pretty um, goes in line exactly with what we're talking about. We're doing draft day with Kevin Costner. So without further ado, let's get into our trailer. This is the draft day Browns fans were waiting for. Sonny, I hope you're listening. You run this team. You're the general manager. You can fix it. Hey, Tom. Hey, Sonny. Sonny. Every year, someone comes out of this looking like a donkey. Can you hear me? Yeah. Good, because tomorrow I got a feeling it could be you if you don't make this deal. Let's talk about the draft. I need you to make a splash, Sonny. If you can't do it, then I have to do it. Just to be clear here, you're threatening to fire me, right? Your job is to coach a team I give you. They do it different in Dallas? Yeah, they do. They win. A lot. How is it that the ultimate prize in the most macho sport ever invented is a piece of jewelry? Can we talk football? We can always talk football. I just want the team that I want, one time. You see things other people don't see. Rewind that back to the start of the play. That's one of the things I love about you. All that matters is what you think. Write your own story, Sonny. You want this team's future back. Let's get busy. Draft day. History in the making. 224 young men are about to become players in the National Football League. Bo Callahan, he's the surefire slam dunk number one pick. Trade me. I'm going to do what's best for the team. This is the draft analysis we've all been working on for the last two months. Just made a trade with the Seahawks. Sonny, that's our future. You sold a cow for magic beans. How does the entire world already know about this, Mom? Because I just tweeted it. You're on Twitter? You're not. I love having the number one pick. <laughs> I hope that you would. The Cleveland Browns are now on the clock. It's go time, boss. You got row. Who are you going to take? What's happening? Who are you picking? You son of a... I need five minutes, and then you can fire me. I got Tom Michaels on the line. Sonny, are we trading six? I quit, Sonny. Don't quit. See what I do from here. 
you're gonna like this. The football world is in shock, wondering what exactly the Cleveland Browns' Sonny Weaver Jr. is cooking up here. You're not gonna believe what's happening. You make this deal right now, say it with me. An absolute stutter. Okay, screw it, no more offer. Oh, no, 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 no. You're out of your mind. Yeah, I am. Haven't I proved that already? Well, unless you're new, you know the deal. Before we get into the movie, we're going to crack the top on a nice cold beer. So without further ado, let's get into our brew review. So what are we drinking tonight, Webb? Well, boys, in the spirit of our movie and in homage to all the GMs and teams this week needing to have their shit together for our ongoing NFL draft, we went with a beer that knows what it's like to be on the clock, a beer that's not afraid of time crunch and knows that sometimes the easiest answer when under the gun is simply to go with the best talent available for your team. And that's why this week we're enjoying a pint of Deadline Premium Blonde Lager from the fine folks at the Napanee Beer Company. Not every beer has to be sexy or weird. Sometimes it can just be good. Deadline is just that, a delicious, easy-drinking beer that's full of flavor. Its subtle malt sweetness is paired with just the right note of noble hops, and the result is a refreshing, satisfying beer that guarantees you'll want to come back for more. At 5%, this golden blonde lager was originally created as a combination of German and American lager styles, and as a result, a beer that goes down smooth and pairs with just about everything, be it some fine or some great pub grub or a fine charcuterie board that JR loves so dearly. I For more information, many of their other fine beers and services, be sure to check them out at napneybeer.ca or give them a follow on all your favorite social media platforms. And as always, Big League Flicks remind you, please enjoy responsibly and always ensure that you arrive live and have a safe ride home. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, boy. I'm looking forward right, to this. Again, normally I've said before, I'm not a big can guy, but what a can. Holy cow. This is a pretty nice looking can. I am going to go uh, put it in the glass, though, because it's the first time I'm having it, so I need to see the whole effect and then the look. Mm. Got to get, gotta get the, the full body taste of that one, eh, Webb? Yeah. This is, uh, oh, it's a good color. Yeah. I like this can. This is a great can. This is a great design. Love yeah, the colors. It a good, uh, it's a good one going into summer. Like, coming through spring, going into summer. It's got a nice design on it. I like it. For our, for our live studio audience, there you go. There's a, a mug shot of the can. There. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Very cool. cool. I'm going to take one more. One more. You know the, you know the deal, eh? That's Two right. sips. Mm, that's delicious. That has a lot of good flavor to it. That's lovely. Um, I thought... It might be just kind of like another lager, but it's got a nice little flavor to this thing. I like it. You guys were talking about beers and flavors, and I said, you know, there's certain ones I like. This is one of the ones I like. I like this a lot. But I'd never, I've never had this before. So definitely, this is a great one to have. And close by Napanee, Ontario, you want to talk about a tournament town and a town that knows good sports? Summerside PEI, suck it. Napanee, Ontario knows how to play <laughs> athletics. I'll tell you that much right now, Jamer. Absolutely. You want to down a couple of these at the Raiders game there and good old snap and E. It's a, this is a good beer. I like it. It's uh it's easy drinking. It's a, it's a beer. You could have a few of them, uh, especially on a nice hot summer day. What's that? Uh, river riverfront restaurant or what do you know that the river or whatever? It's a lovely waterfront. The waterfront. That's a wicked restaurant. They got a great patio. I could, I could see myself down on a few of those listening to some live music there. What a great beer this is. Join it. Yeah. Well, it's, 
it's it's not bad. I, I, it's it's definitely crisp. I don't know uh, the taste is the flavor. I don't know what it is. It's something it's weird. It's sitting weird with me right now. I'm gonna have to give it a little bit more time. See how she goes down. But uh, it's definitely enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So as we mentioned, we're uh, doing draft day today, which was directed by Ivan Reitman. So it's just kind of funny that this movie was directed by Ivan Reitman. So when you think of Reitman, you think of like Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe he did uh, Old School. He's got some other like ladies classics. They're eluding me right now, but I, I think of him as like uh, an ensemble like comedy group, like a lot of stuff with like Bill Murray. I think he's done a few movies with Bill Murray, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, this movie seems a little bit out of that kind of genre and context, but anyway. Directed by Ivan Reitman, distributed in 2014 by Summit Entertainment and Lionsgate. Got a 6.8 rating on Internet Movie Database and a 60% on Rotten Tomatoes. Had a budget of $25 million and grossed $29.5 million at the box office. A little down from what I expected it to do. I actually did see this movie in the movie theater. so um, And I know it came out with a lot, of, a lot of luster. Obviously a great cast. Music by John Deb- Debney. Uh, starring Kevin Costner, our boy. Jennifer Gardner. Dennis Leary. Frank Langella. Sam Elliott, legend, and uh, Ellen Burstyn, another legend of the screen, and and and, and uh, Chadwick Boseman, rest in peace. Quick movie synopsis: Sonny Weaver Jr. is the general manager of the Cleveland Browns. One of pro football's most important days, NFL Draft Day, is drawing near. But Sonny has uh, much more on his mind than just which players to select. His girlfriend is pregnant, and the team's owner wants to fire him. After Sonny accepts a deal with the Seattle Seahawks that nets him the first overall pick, a series of events take place that will define Sonny's future for better or for worse. Let's jump into our character review, and let's start out with Sonny Weaver Jr., played by Kevin Costner. Oh man, did Kevin Costner ever do a great role of playing the grumpy, upset, rogue general manager? This guy doesn't care, and this to me seems like a professional general manager of a football team he has his own role he has quotes he runs his show he listens to no one and i love it i love the piece of his father though looking over him as tough and as nails as he is he always has that piece about his father's kind of in his, the shadow and the father i thought that was a really neat thing to put into play kevin Costner's is the perfect age the perfect demeanor he just has that ability because you can tell this guy respects and loves and knows sports that he knows what it should look like I think that's a big piece. Um, <clears throat> the, the internal conversation and the, per- the conflict of persons like with selves. There's so much like hit, uh, him with his self conflict kind of thing. Like I got of that wrong. I'm sorry. That I love that conflict. I love his dialogue with other general managers. Uh, I love the fact that in the end, for you, Webb, he screws over the Seattle Seahawks a little bit, and he's playing right, yeah. with them. I love how are your pancakes tasted now. I love some of his quotes. I love the way that he does this. Um, there's so much that I thought. Um, I feel the he showed a good job of the pressure of a draft day that these guys must feel in a day. They're made or break a lot of their careers on these draft picks. So I feel like in the end, when he's like, will you shut up and let me do my job? In the end, it's on them. You have scouts, you have people in your ear. I thought he did a good job of just zoning all that out. You know, he goes in the broom closet and talks to uh, Allie all the time. And yeah, it's a significant other. He's pregnant, but they're also businesslike. And I, I like the business factor. I like the idea of how he deals with players, and he's not there to be their friend. 
you know, when he's talking to uh, the QB, um, Drew, uh, I forget. Ryan, Drew. Thank you, Drew. Yeah. When it's, um, he's talking to him, he's like, did you trash my office? Did you trash my office? That to me is that the, I, the optimal general manager. So cheers to Kevin Costner. Cheers to a job, the emotions that he felt. I love his truck. I like how he oh, just man. drove a truck. Nothing fancy. I love that he just drove this, an awesome truck. Cheers to Kevin Costner, a wise veteran of sports movies, Web. I was going to say, he's driving that truck because he can't afford a nicer car after he... Have you seen his house? His house is fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. It is oh, awesome. He spent his wad on his house, let's be honest. <laughs> uh, I, I agree just with everything you said. I mean, Kevin Costner, perfect for this role. He is that, uh, I'll say, grisly kind of veteran kind of guy that you would... And a veteran actor that you would want for somebody in this role because he is such a... Um, uh, I'll say a little bit of a maverick for lack of a better term, right? Like he's, he, yes, he's in his father's shadow, but he's also trying to make his own way. And so when you do that, you kind of have to go out on your own and, and, and try things that people may not think are the, the smartest or greatest decisions. Right. And you have to be willing to live with those decisions. And I like that. I, I like the fact, like you said, that he's, he's constantly into this inner turmoil of, did I make the right decision? Am I doing the right move, making the right move? Cause ultimately he, he wants to win. Right. And we see that when he says like, I just want to build a team that's mine. Right. Like yeah. he, he talks about having to have to come in and, and basically like put up with a shit sandwich for two years and, and, and not getting the credit he deserved. Right? he drafted the QB or told his old man to draft drew. And then drew has this breakout year. And like, he doesn't realize that he's the one that told his old man to do it. Like, there's all these things where he's like, I'm just sick of eating a shit sandwich and I, I want to do it my way. Um, and I love, I love the fact that he just sticks to his guns and the, and, and there's something he's a leader. Right. And I, JR and I have this conversation oftentimes where I, I talk about my leadership, people who I admire as leaders and they're the ones who are willing to make the decisions, whether they're good or bad and stick by them and own up to it. If you fucked up, but get the praise that, that you deserve when you made the right one too. So I love this guy. He's he's my ideal leader, uh, and I like I said, I love everything you do, and I love I love the way that Costner does have the interactions with different people. Uh, like he, when he meets the strength and conditioning coach there, or we meet the yeah. strength for the first time. Like holy fuck, that was cracking me up. Like oh yeah, <laughs> meathead strength and conditioning coach. Like did you hear how much he squatted? Did you hear how much he benched? Like ooh, like I such, love it. such a meathead. Uh, just per- perfect interaction, Costner. I mean, Costner might go down as like the greatest sports movie actor of all time because he's yeah, been so good. Yeah, I don't know, Jamie. He just he he top he totally topped it for me. Yeah, he's a gold standard for sure. Um, it's funny, I think, and I think it's because I just read Brian Burke's book, but there was so many parallels to Brian Burke and this character. I mean, mm-hmm. from from the quotes about how I just want to build my team, like everywhere Brian Burke went, he wanted to build. Mm-hmm. A Brian Burke team because he has a way that he likes to build his team and uh, the other thing too is uh, the wheeling and dealing on draft days like Brian Burke is uh, famous and notorious for making some incredible draft day last minute wheels and deals to get the pronger trade and the the Sidine twins like the the type of maneuvering that Sonny did was very similar to what Brian Burke did to, to pull those off the other thing about Costner the only thing that disappointed me about this movie we didn't get to see any uh, pleated linen pants, and I'm I'm used to seeing some pleated linen pants in uh, <laughs> the sports movies. The suit game was strong, though. 
Yeah, yeah, he had great he's, he's a high class Kevin Costner in this one. He's uh, he he's not playing good. Tin Cup. He's not playing uh, Crash. Yeah, Davis. but you know what? It was even better when he he goes to the draft party and he doesn't have like a you know a nice scotch or anything else. He goes grabs a Bud Light in like yeah, those aluminum aluminum bottle cans. Like, oh, yeah. God. you know what Bud. those are? Those are the kind of cans. Those are the kind of bottles that Dogtown throws on the field at a basketball. That's exactly what those are. Those are the those bottles we got at uh, that bar outside of Fenway that one year, Jr. Remember? That's right. Uh, that, they oh, had those bottles it. in there. Yeah, right, the aluminum move. bottles. Let's move on to uh, Coach Penn, played by uh, Dennis Leary. He's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> He's a regular Joe with a regular job. No. Um, <laughs> Well, uh, I, first of all, I love Dennis Leary. I'll let Jamer go on in his infatuation with Dennis Leary later. Don't worry, Jamer loves him. Um, he was excellent foil to Costner. On a serious note, I wrote that. Because um, we all know Dennis Leary, and we all know a little bit of his stand We have his him in mind, his voice, his sarcasm, his arrogance. He can be such a jerk, and he comes off as such a jerk. I guess, I don't know if that's a Massachusetts piece that he, become, he brings to the table, but I love how he's just always talking about where coming from Dallas, too, is a big thing for him. You got a guy coming from Big D to Cleveland, and he's a championship-winning coach. And I like that dialogue. And they're like, you just won it with the team, and you ran it, and he's flying the ring around. He, to me, though, that's the idea of the egos of the GM and the head coach hitting. And I thought they did a great job of that. And the two of them, the chemistry between them was fantastic. Yeah. I thought they really, truly like you could tell they're buddies, but at the same time, you could at the same time you could tell they knew we're going to put on a real lot of fun doing this and being jerks to each other. So I like that idea. They're both headstrong. They both want to be winners, but their way of winning is a little bit different. Dennis Larry, he nailed it. I really enjoyed him as a head coach. I don't know fully if I believe him as a football coach a little bit, but you never had to see that because we never saw anything on the field. So yeah. we just saw him and all the behind-the-scenes stuff. If it was Dennis Leary on a football field head coaching, I'm sorry, I don't believe it. But I like how you didn't have to see Dennis Leary engaged in a game with a headset on, running the show. I... Yeah, he wouldn't have been as believable, that's for sure. But, I mean, again, to your point, he he's perfect in this because he's just basically being asked to be a defiant asshole. That's kind of his whole shtick, right? Like, oh, we need <laughs> We need you to. We need you to be somebody that you're used to being all the time in real life and in in uh, everything that you do. So uh, I think he, I thought he did a great job in this. And he, uh, while he wouldn't be considered maybe a big name actor, right, in comparison to some of the other people in these movies or in this movie, uh, I thought he did a fantastic job. The only thing that I thought was like kind of ridiculous was him walking around with the the ring on all the time. Like nobody wears their ring like that unless they're at the Super Bowl. Like. That's just the thing. It, it was just ridiculous. Anyways, yeah. I'll, I'll turn it over to you, James, because I know you have such a love. No, no, no. I mean, I, I don't have, I don't have much to add. I think you guys nailed it. I mean, my, my thing is, I just loved him in Rescue Me, and and he's, you know, he's good in a lot of different things. Uh, a Judgment Night, another great movie that he's in. Love that movie. That's an underrated movie that never gets talked about. Too bad it wasn't a sports. Yeah, movie. What's the other one? He's the Ref. That and, was, uh, and what? That was a really good one. Yeah. Oh, Sandlot. He's in the Sandlot. Sandlot. Yeah. He gets his ball taken. <laughs> yeah. <Right. laughs> um, the best is the, the comedy stand-up where he's talking about coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Just give me a fucking coffee. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's hilarious. I love Dennis Leary. So uh, no, I, I thought he was great. You guys nailed it. Let's move on to Allie, played by Jennifer Garner. Uh, sweet car, first of all, Allie. You know, like, oh, you guys yeah. know I like cars. What a ride. Um, 
Jennifer Although, Garner she was, was going to, before you move on, I thought she was going to blow out her knee getting into the car. Did you see the steps she had to go down in order to get in there? It was such an yeah. awkward, I was like, oh, don't go, don't hurt yourself. Like, that, it was a weird, awkward entry to get into that car. Anyway. That Camaro was low. Uh, I thought it was pretty cool how she played the role of a salary cap geek and the relationship between the salary cap geek and the GM. Then at the same time, being pregnant with the GM's baby, um, some of the behind the scenes type thing. I like their relationship of the business end, though. And I like how they hit on that a lot in the movie. I thought that was pretty respectful and commendable. And the idea of staying on business um, was pretty neat. And how, you know, can we afford this person? I love those kind of conversations. I don't know if I geek out a little bit about that. She's an awesome actress. And she's believable in her roles. And she plays strong people. And I love that about Jennifer Garner. Uh, I put work smart, holds her own, all business. I really enjoyed her web. I think she just plays a strong role. I was going to say, I love what I liked most about this was that they made her a, a football mind first and the other parts of her character were secondary, right? Like you see how much uh, Sonny relies on her as a sounding board and, and wants to make sure he's talking things through. And, and it's just, it was really nice to see. I mean, she's a beautiful human being, Jennifer. Gar- I don't know, Ben Affleck, what you're thinking, but like, seriously, uh, she's like ultimate girl next door. Beautiful to me. Uh, so, I mean, she, she, that part aside, they did a really good job casting cause it was believable. Uh, but just her brain and how smart she was and the fact that like she was so into football and could tell you could, she like when that scene where the two of them are in the office and they're talking and she can recite Joe Montana's winning drive. I was like, Oh, <laughs> I had a note about that web. Like, here that. we go. Here we go. Like, Oh I, Yeah. <laughs> Six to midnight, let's just call it like it is. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I thought she did a great job. I thought she was re- this was really well cast. And I thought, like I said, I really like the fact that she was written to be so smart and so football-oriented first and foremost, James. So you guys nailed it. But I wanted to talk about Ben Affleck for a second. Did you hear who he's rumored to be dating now? No. So he's he's sliding in for some A Rod sloppy seconds. He oh, uh, apparently on. he's hanging out with uh, J Lo again. Hasn't he been? I was gonna say, weren't they together? They used back in the day when Jenny she put out Jenny up Jenny from the Block or whatever. I was, I was gonna say, wasn't he in one of her music videos? He was in Jenny from the Block music video. There you go. And then he, he out she was with she was with Mark Antony and whatever. Uh, yeah, apparently they've been hanging around a little bit together. So didn't I, they do a movie together too? Yeah, they probably did. Geely. Geely, that's it. Geely, yeah, Geely, thank you, Geely. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's move on to Anthony Molina, played by Frank Langella, another actor, uh, legendary actor. What an NFL owner! <laughs> Best. <laughs> Just what an NFL owner. I don't know what else to say about this guy. The glasses on all the time. Um, just that idea of our uh, pre-COVID world, how you can jet set and bob around and do whatever you wanted. Um, be here, be there, be everywhere, I guess. Uh, I thought about it in my head. I'm like, man, this looks pretty cool, but this guy's flying all over the place. Uh, what an NFL owner to a team. This is the kind of guy that'd be in Roger Goodell's ear all the time, and he would run the show. Web. That's all I had for him. Just great job, by Great job. Awesome, Eric. I had him as a cooler, more suave version of Jerry Jones. Uh, just meddling in your ear all the time. Has to be involved. Uh, but at the same time, just like so much more cooler and sophisticated. 
he has some great lines in the movie, like, oh, Roger, welcome to my suite kind of thing. Like, <laughs> I, I just, I loved everything about him. Uh, fantastic, fantastic actor. And he, uh, he had another great one line, but I can't remember. I'll, it'll come back to me later on. But yeah, I thought he did a great job. And I like the fact that, you know, he also was able to admit to Sonny when Sonny, again, he gave him his, his, his roses, so to speak, in the moment when he actually deserved it. You know, he was all on his case, coming in ready to fire him, and then all of a sudden he's like, "Wait, you did this and you did this? Like, oh shit, maybe I was thinking too soon." And and he uh, he propped him up, so I'm all for it. Okay. No, I think you guys nailed that. Let's uh, move on to Vontae Mack, played by Chadwick Boseman. Boseman. Uh, loved him. I liked a lot about him. I liked the confidence in himself. Boseman is an act. I mean, unreal. Everything he's in, I kind of I like everything he's in pretty much. There's no other movie that I saw him in that I did not like him in as an actor. Um, as a linebacker, I like that he played for the Ohio State. I think that brings a lot of rep. I probably put that in the real factor too. Playing for the Ohio State as an LB, Andy Katzenmoyer was my hero. James, you know that very well. Oh yeah, as a football player, I loved Andy Katzenmoyer. You'll draw so, on tattoos in high school football games. <laughs> that's right, electrical <laughs> tattoos because they're like thank God because they're the worst tattoos ever to imagine today, but. But uh, anything, anything, I thought he was great. And I like the confidence in himself. And his cell phone holder or cell phone case, I want it. That's all I can tell you. The brass knuckles cell brass phone knuckles. was unreal. Web. Great job. He got into some really good shape for this movie. Like, I know he got pretty mm-hmm. jacked up for Black Panther, but he looked like a legitimate linebacker in this movie. He was big through the shoulders. He was broad. Like, he looked like a serious athlete in this movie. Uh, I thought he was great. He did a fantastic... He was super believable, number one. Um, and just when you compare and contrast, like, him in this role versus, you know, him as Jackie Robinson in 42 or or Black Panther or... or uh, What's the other one I'm thinking What's of? the one where he's the lawyer? Yeah. Uh, I just watched it. it was, I should remember the name, but I keep mixing it up with the other one with Michael, Jordan, uh, Michael B. Jordan in it. Yeah. I can't remember either now that you mentioned. I, I, I wanted to say the Chicago 7, but that's another one. Yeah, um, yeah no, he uh, he just he does a really, really good job in this. He's super believable. He's probably, to me, he's the most believable character in this. Uh, Absolutely. In, in terms of athletes actually being pro, or, uh, uh, being a pro athlete. James, yeah. sorry. The Bills just picked an edge rusher. Oh, I saw God. that. No, I, was, I, I wanted Trey Sermon, and I didn't. Uh, I'm a little nervous about that, but anyway. No, Bozeman, uh, Chadwick Boseman, uh, such a talented guy. You guys nailed it. Uh, I thought he, and you, you guys mentioned how believable he was as well. He had, he showed a lot of swag and a lot of, uh, uh, you know, a lot of bravado that the, that a, somebody of his stature, like a, a All-American linebacker at Ohio State, coming in, going to be a lottery pick. I just thought he really nailed that role. I thought he did a really good job. Are there any other notable characters that come to mind that you want to mention? Yeah, I have. Uh, I have one. Was the uh, first of all was uh, his mother, the mother. I thought she was fantastic. Yeah, um, Sonny's mom. Her lines. There's so many good lines from her, and the believability. And I really liked how she played. Um, oh my gosh, I'm trying to blank. I'm trying to blank on names tonight. Um, I like how she knew her football, though, at the same time. And I liked how callous she kind of was at the same time. She was loving and whatever, but at the same time, she was hardened, too. And I thought she did a really good job. I think the thing with the urn was good. The quotes were good. Um, I like how she got Ali's name wrong. That was kind of funny. 
Like those are the kind of little digs where you're like, okay, this lady's pretty intense and pretty full on. There's other people web, but um, fire away. Go ahead. I was gonna say I had uh, I liked her. I liked uh, I liked the strength and conditioning coach. I thought that was pretty typical. Uh, and I love I love and what's he? He's in uh, oh, what the hell is that TV show? Uh, Orange is the New Black. He's the he's he's like yeah. the weird uh, in, in prison guard there. It's got all the issues. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, in yeah. that. Uh, so I forget what his name is, but he he uh, he was pretty funny for me. And I liked I liked uh, Smallville. Tom Welling there, you know, yeah. Brian Drew. I thought uh, I thought he was kind of believable. He had a good look about him. I liked that he's trying to you know break that role of uh, the teenage cheaper by the dozen kind of guy. He's he, mm-hmm. he branched out a little bit here. I, I like it so. You know, Other yeah. handsome prick. Yeah. Oh, wow. Again, believable as a quarterback. Yeah. With the yeah, hot QB one. Yeah, with the hot trophy wife and the and the daughter and like the whole works. Like I, it was believable to me. Um, just I just wanted to uh, mention one thing about um Barb Weaver, which was his uh, Kevin Costner's mother Thank in the you. movie. Thanks, uh, Ellen Burstyn. So she's a she's a highly decorated, amazing actress. She's actually won the triple, they call it the triple crown of acting. She's won an Academy Award uh, for her performance in Martin Scorsese's Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore. <clears throat> she also won a Tony Award uh, for same time next year, 1978. And she completed the triple crown winning a primetime Emmy Award for her guest starring role in uh, Law & Order S- SVU, Special Victim wow. Units. So she's, uh, she's I, I think, have you guys ever seen the movie... Um, Requiem for a Dream. Yeah, I believe she was the mom. Yeah. In that. she was really good in that movie with Jared Leto, and I can't remember who the other actor was, but she's she's talented. I want to give a shout out to uh, Josh Pence who played Bo Callahan. He played the perfect like cocky quarterback from Wisconsin. You know, I Big thought he time. did a really good job playing. How about, how about Diddy playing Super Agent? Like that. <laughs> that's not. Yeah, was on I don't know who is. That's perfect. Yeah. casting. it's just perfect think- casting. Jamer, we need to um, take a couple moments too and talk about some of the cameos. Absolutely, some of the cameos were fantastic in this. Yeah. I mean, the way Ray Lewis really portrayed himself. Oh, um, I love how <laughs> oh, I love how Ray Lewis really brought himself in for Webb. Webb is a. Huge I thought he Ray stole Lewis the show. Fan. Really, I thought he stole the show. Uh, for he killed movie. it. He killed I, it. He killed yeah, it. he killed. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't butcher that role at all. He did a really no, no. good job. Anyway. He killed it and got away with it. Hey, man, um, he, he took his shot, you know? Yeah. No. <laughs> I thought the uh, the one thing was uh, Deion Sanders. I thought he was actually pretty good, too. And I love how he snuck the FSU thing in with uh, Terry Cruz's son, the Jennings boy. I yeah. thought that was pretty good. You, yeah, that was he pretty worked good. that in. He's like, I'm putting FSU in if I'm going to do this. So I love- on a serious note, cameos were great. I loved Rick Eisen because I fig- I feel like they or Rich Eisen I should say I feel like that was perfectly um, perfectly done like I feel like they just kind of said okay we're gonna do this just go off be you essentially because he he he's he's that kind of like callous kind of like uh, sarcastic funny right and then anytime you can start a movie with Boomer like let's go yeah, right? like, yeah fantastic. Absolutely. It also he started is, movie with the awful. Seattle Seahawks, you know. Oh, yeah. oh the, what an organization. <laughs> oh, the 12 I, feel like, <laughs> I feel like on the west, the northwest coast of the United States, they really have a handle on football like that. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's jump into some quotes here. Are there any quotes that really stuck out for you guys? 
Yeah, the radio DJ at the start with the just the pathetic quotes of Cleveland sports were like, oh, yeah, yeah. idiotic hope is at all time. <laughs> Something like that. I thought that was pretty <laughs> that, funny. Was that Pat um, Oswald? Because it sounded like him. Right, I thought so, but I can't confirm it. Um, I think he's a Cleveland guy, isn't he? I, I feel like he might be. I don't know. I have to look he looks like up. a Cleveland guy. He does. He, him and Drew Carey. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Sorry, Sorry. No, it's okay. His mother telling him, telling Kevin, you look terrible. I think that's really funny. Uh, she just tweeted it, how her mother read it, that she read it on Twitter. So that was pretty funny. Um, some of the, uh, how'd you get this number? You gave it to me when Vante. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, enjoy the J Ray. You only get one day, like, or sorry, the enjoy the draft day. You only get this one day. I thought that was pretty good. Kind of one of those things to reflect on how special today it would be for those people getting called and all the things that go into it. Um, anyway, the, uh, sorry, you told me to have intercourse with my mother. Uh, what he said to Brian Tree. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. That was pretty yeah. <laughs> anyway, Lev, I'll fire it over to you. Uh, I like the uh, when he's having the conversation with the, the guy from, uh, uh, I think it's Seattle, the beginning of the movie. He's like, I'm not going to oh, sell the farm. For, yeah, I'm not going to sell the farm for whatever. And he said, you should. You sh- your farm sucks. I like that. <laughs> yeah. um, when he's talking to Vontae on, on, uh, on the phone, he's like, don't Twitter. And just... <laughs> <laughs> it shows you how added, like he just doesn't don't Twitter. Uh, like and then the uh, <laughs> and then uh, say it with me, you pancake eating motherfucker. That's just a classic line of the movie. Yeah, I love another one by uh, Coach Penn uh, Dennis Leary. It says, "I think Cal Callahan might be the best prospect in the draft, but I hate rookie quarterbacks. They're stupid and they're scared." Yeah. I'm pretty sure you know. Like it's, we, <laughs> we've talked about that a lot. Uh, the owner saying the Cowboys have really great helmets. They do. I hate the Cowboys, but they, they have sick helmets. Pretty sick. Um, and the one when uh, Vontae Mack was talking about picking a linebacker and Sonny Weaver goes, I totally agree. You got Reggie Wilson's number down there in Purdue. <laughs> talking about the other guy. <laughs> um, and then uh, the other one when Rick, the intern, says, can I get you a soda? And Sonny Weaver snaps on him. He says, no, I don't want a soda. No Clevelanders ever use the word soda. Ever. Us Clevelanders use the word pop. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Rick the intern was awesome too Sorry. Yeah Oh yeah he's such a bumbling idiot uh, Let's no jump into little known facts so, before, like, Wait boys before we move on We were talking about characters and people How did we not mention The greatest duster of Hollywood oh, history Sam Elliott oh, yeah. How did we not mention Sam Elliott Yeah he was a, class, he was a really good character As uh, Wisconsin He'd be a perfect head coach for Wisconsin It's, a, it's oh, pretty man. believable yeah. Absolutely yeah Love, and the love. fact that he's just angry and crusty all the time. Yeah. If you imagine right. him being happy, you'd be like, that's wrong. You need to be miserable all the time. Yeah. I love he's it. classic. Love him. So little known fact. So Michael J. Fisher was the football coordinator on the movie. He also coordinated on Remember the Titans, The Blind Side, Concussion, and Moneyball. So we've talked about him before. And as always, you know, it always gives a lot of validity when you have people that have been in the business or... Um, you know, have that expertise to, to lend to it. So I, I felt like this movie had a lot of realism in it. So that, that, I thought that really was a nice touch. Jennifer Garner learned the ins and outs of the NFL salary cap from Megan Rogers, the Browns' real-life money manager. So that's kind of neat hmm. that she spent time with her. Because I thought she really did well in the role, the way she spoke about when, when she had to talk about football and the salary cap and stuff. I thought she did well with her with that. Very cool. It was very believable. 
So the trick used by the Washington Redskins of taping the $100 bill to the back of the playbook seemed to be inspired by an anecdote of Jamarcus Russell, JR's favorite quarterback. Yep, number one. Literally, <laughs> number one. With a bullet. So his coaches in Oakland did not believe that he was watching the game film and once purposely sent him home with blank DVDs to watch. He returned claiming he watched all the videos and liked the game plan, obviously lying. <laughs> and the blitz packages. <laughs> so the team Sonny trades uh, for the top pick was originally supposed to be the New York Jets. Classic, because Jets suck, right? But uh, they dropped out of the movie at the last minute. They didn't want to be portrayed in, the, in that light. Come on, Jets. This is what you are. Like, yeah. why, why fight it? I mean, they they did pick the probably the next best best option. Let's call it like it is. Cleveland, and they've been pretty bad for a long time. Yeah, yeah. So the movie originally centered around the Buffalo Bills instead of the Cleveland Browns, but the studio changed it to the Browns because the production costs in Ohio were cheaper. You know, we like to run things a little more high class in Buffalo, so <laughs> I get it. You know, I get yeah, it. Yeah, the way those metal those metal bleachers in the right rich stadium or whatever it's called now, yeah, it's really great. Hey, Orchard Park. Jammer, did you Wilson Stadium? Don't don't Paul put Wilson. your stadium thing. Jammer, did you like how they made well, uh, like Buffalo look really super classy and super fancy? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sit on those stands in November and freeze. Actually, your neck actually off. did. I didn't think that when they were doing the pan of like this day, I was like, "Wow, it really looks good." That's not what it looks like when I go there. But yeah, uh, no, <laughs> you're pissing in a trough right next to somebody else in the 30, 30 yard trough. You go yeah. in. Hey now. Uh, so the actual two thousand fourteen NFL draft had a lot of similarities to the plot in the movie. The actual draft had a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback falling in the draft and the Cleveland Browns making a, uh, making a pick that was question, uh, questioned very heavily and the Browns making multiple trades. John Gruden even stated this is better than draft day on the actual day of the 2014 draft, referencing the movie. That's um, that was the draft that they took uh, Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel. The Browns, right. So the trade uh, Cleveland made in the movie is similar to the real-life trade made in the 2012 NFL draft, where the Redskins traded their 2012 number six overall pick, 2012 second-round pick, the 2013 first-round selection, and the 2014 uh, uh, first-round selection for the 2012 number two overall pick to the Rams in order to select RG3, Robert Griffin III. Hindsight, that's a tough one. You know what? He was so Mike good, Shanahan, though. His rookie so year was unreal. Mike was Shanahan brilliant. gets players, got players hurt. I'm sorry. Remember yeah, when they ran him out in that playoff game? He had no business playing in that playoff game. And he got hurt. And when James Andrews comes out to see you on the field, you know you're hurt. Pretty sure Dr. The Andrews comes out. Pretty sure the, I'm pretty sure the offensive coordinator that year may have been Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, when you ran RG3 out for that playoff game, he had no business being there. And Don't when do that with Trey Lance. When Dr. Andrews is on the sideline and when he comes out on the field, you know there's a problem. So that's all was, I'll say. Was that, uh, what's his name, uh, James? Uh, who's the guy that played the doctor in... Uh, in Jimmy Woods. Jimmy Woods. Was that Jimmy Woods' doctor on that team? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> no business going out there that year. No business at all. All right, so Chadwick Boseman agreed to take the role as Vontae Mack after a Skype call he had with the director, Ivan Reitman. Boseman wasn't sure if he wanted to play the role after playing another athlete in 2013, uh, where he played Jackie Robinson in the movie 42. That's all right, though. I think he... 
obviously he did really great things after. I don't think this role hurts his typecast him in any way. Like you said, it was different than Jackie Robinson. And if it had been the same type of character, maybe, but it was it was vastly different in their in their makeup. Huge, so. yeah. Huge personality Good. differences. Yeah, absolutely. So Arian Foster, uh, uh, who played Ray Jennings in the movie, I didn't pick up on that right away. Um, it was an all-pro running back in real life. He played college football at Tennessee and ironically was not drafted. I didn't realize he wasn't drafted either because he was really good in college. Yeah, he was a great yeah. NFL player until he got those injuries. But yeah, I really liked Aaron Foster. Terry Crews plays a run, uh, plays uh, Ray Jennings' father in the movie, a uh, running back who ends up getting picked by the Cleveland Browns. However, while Cruz played for four teams in the NFL, he never played for the Browns, and he was a defensive lineman rather than a running back. So I think he played parts of six seasons in the NFL with four different franchises. But he was a, he was a good defensive end in college. Pretty cool. I didn't, I didn't actually know that he had played in the NFL until like three or four years ago when I was looking it up. So Tom, the Seahawks general manager in the movie, has a picture of the Legion of Boom the name the Seahawks secondary of the Seahawks secondary in real life in his office. In the movie, the Seahawks traded away the number one pick, which would mean they had the worst record in the NFL. In real life, the Seahawks have never had a losing record with the Legion of Boom on their roster. Ever heard of them, Webb? Are they good? Do they do okay? I'm just wondering. Okay, I'm just letting you know. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> um, let's jump into our realism review. What was realistic for you in the movie and what was unrealistic? The Seahawks. Oh, wait. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so I had some things. The real names, the cameos were real. The pressure of draft day, the intensity, the rabid fans, how desperate Cleveland is and still is in the city, to be honest. They had some success this year. They were one bad call or one They're bad close. story away. That was an illegal hit on um, Baker. Or not, I don't know who it was, but uh, Jordan threw a legal hit. Never mind. Neither here nor there. A Raider fan of Kansas City. Uh, Gruden and the cameos, Chris Bourbon, Dion showing stuff, Terry Crews, I had people snapping. Okay, I had a lot of stuff I thought that they did a really good job, and I thought Costner made the movie feel real, and I think that's his ability as an actor. He made the movie feel real. I think Jennifer Garner did a good job of making the movie feel real, the intensity that was brought on the day. And on a serious note, I think all the other actors did, and actresses did too. You could feel it, and you could feel it in their in their building. And they're complex, the intensity of it, the phone calls, the quickness. You have 10 seconds. You have, I'm on the clock. I thought the words and the dialogue used was great. Here's what I thought was fake. Um, very first, you know what I thought was fake, boys? Wisconsin does not beat Ohio State in the horseshoe. It's not happening. Okay? I'm saying it right now. No way. Wisco football, I love it. They will not beat Ohio, the Ohio State in the horseshoe on a Saturday. Think about the last time you think of Wisco beating Ohio State in Ohio State. Think, Google it. I challenge the listeners. Yeah, but they didn't have no. Bo Callahan at that time, you know? Yeah, I know, but I'm not seeing it happen. I've looked at some really good Wisco teams that have gone in there, and it's such a tough place for them to come in and win in the Big Ten in a conference game. So maybe I'm wrong on that. I don't know. But uh, that was my one big thing. There were other big things I thought. I thought Bozeman did a really good job of playing, uh, you know, the Mike linebacker, so to speak. Um, pretty cool. Um, Callahan was great as uh, QB1, the whole thing. I thought Diddy or Puffy did a fine job as being the man, the agent. I thought the job of Callahan kind of snapping, and you could start to see the true colors 
was pretty cool. I thought Costner calling and asking all the questions, and I think the GMs calling them amongst each other now is a big thing, kind of seeing what do you know, what do you see. So there's a lot of different things in their web that I saw, but that was the one big fake thing for me was that (laughs) right there. They're not going in the horseshoe and baiting them. Not happening. That's a that's a good point. That's a legit point, Jr. I, I was trying to think the last time I remember Wisconsin having a shot like that. In that, maybe Russell Wilson when he was there. I'd have to look it up, but I don't know. I'd have to look it up too. JJ uh, Watt. Yeah, no, I don't know. Uh, you hit on like almost all of mine. I had things like overreaching owners. We see that all the time in, in NFL, especially, um, what else did I have? Uh, the fact that Vontae Mac, like the, the, um, outspoken kind of loud linebacker type for sure all the time happens in the NFL. Um, <clears throat> the fact that it would be like a defensive player coming from the Ohio state, another legitimate, they typically tend to, 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 to draft pretty well. Um, the, the father son kind of firing thing. I thought that was maybe a little fake. Um, it didn't seem overly realistic to me that a guy who had been in there that long and then his kid comes in and his kid would fire him, even though I know he's doing it cause he's older and the dad's sick. And it didn't seem realistic. I thought they did it to try and make Kevin Costner look softer than he was. I don't think it was really needed to be quite honest. Uh, so I didn't think that was overly re- uh, uh, reasonable. Uh, the guy coming from the Cowboys being an entitled asshat, that was totally, uh, totally believable. <laughs> uh, strength and conditioning coach, again, totally believable. Like, only wanted to talk about the guy's stats in the weight room. Um, them, uh, what else did I have here? Uh, the $100 bill story, again, before you had mentioned that, Jamer, I wrote down shit like this happens all the time. You hear yep. stories like this on draft day or like teams like totally fucking with guys and, and trying to see how they'll react. So you hear about that all the time. Um, and just like all the cameos and everything else. I had, I had that with JR, you covered a bunch of them. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to uh, kill the dead horse or beat the dead horse here. Jam, go ahead. Yeah. No, I think you guys nailed a lot of the ones. Um, I did do a little bit of research um, because uh, I I don't know a lot about the ins and outs of what, you know, this movie was centered around front office football, NFL football stuff. And uh, so I wanted to do a little deep dive. So I have a notes from an article by Andrew Brandt in Sports Illustrated in 2014. So Brandt has worked for the NFLPA, been a pro football GM, VP of NFL franchises and a consultant for NFL franchises and currently an SI columnist. So he had this to say, I'm going to, I'm going to use a few quotes from him. So the movie did portray a realistic view of the all consuming nature of what it takes to be an NFL general manager, including Weaver masochistically listening to the talk radio skewering him. Many NFL GMs listen, watch and read everything that gets said about them, even when they say they don't. So that's pretty realistic. Uh, I, I thought the interactions between the Browns security director and Weaver were very accurate in terms of the type of information that was uncovered and shared, and even if it was revealed far too late in the process. So he mentioned that that's kind of a big thing in what they do. Unrealistic? He said in draft day, the Browns are jamming what would normally take months of painstaking effort by multiple scouts, executives, coaches, and etc. into a short window after trading three first-round picks so they can move up to select, presumably, Bo Callahan, the consensus top pick in the draft. What's more, 
General Manager Sonny discovers on film a sharp downturn in Callahan's performance after he's sacked by linebacker Vontae Mack. And Weaver only does so after getting a call on his cell phone from Mack, who somehow has a direct line to a general, an NFL general manager on the day of the draft. In the real world, that information would have been uncovered, discussed, debated, and dissected months earlier. There are very few surprises about NFL prospects who have been scrutinized in every aspect of their lives for months, especially the consensus top pick and Heisman Trophy winner. And also, Vontae Mack, there's no way he's calling a GM directly. I thought uh, about that too. Yeah, I was wondering. It's entirely yeah. unacceptable and wouldn't have been something that would have been entertained at all by a general manager. Uh, no team doctor or trainer appeared in the film, even though they are one of the more essential people to be included in the draft day decision-making processes. So that was one thing he thought that was left out. And al although the bumbling intern assisting uh, Weaver is a humorous character, uh, he thought that the, there's no way that uh, they would have a new intern completely foreign to the, to the GM handling critical calls from other general managers on the day of the draft. So he thought that was pretty unrealistic. The interactions between the general managers complete with the split screen phone conversations were infused with a little bit too much uh, testosterone he said he said most of these gms uh are friends and they've honed their skills in negotiations um and hang around the same uh, scouting circles as before they got into the general manager's job so they usually don't uh converse in that way apparently was his take on that uh, owner Anthony Molina flying back to Cleveland while only like six picks have gone by. So he went from New York to Cleveland where he had to get into a, ca uh, a car to drive to the airport, fly, get out into a car after the flight, get and drive, and only six picks have gone by by that point. That, that's just completely, the timeline doesn't make any sense. Uh, all the teams freaking out because Cleveland, whose GM is going through some personal shit that everyone seems to know about, doesn't pick the consensus number one pick in the draft. Now everybody's just freaking out and they're not going to take them. There's no way that would happen. Teams do a ton of research and they're not just going to pick someone because somebody or not pick someone because somebody else didn't. Uh, and there's and one one thing I had there's no way that Jacksonville makes that deal. Rookie GMs aren't bumbling idiots. They're, they've been in other roles around the game, and they have a, they have a lot of smarts and respects. They don't get that role um, being wet behind the ears. They made that character seem really desperate, and I just don't think that was realistic at all. Uh, and the deal uh, with the Seahawks for the number six pick just, just seems stupid, and there's, I can't see there's no way that Seattle is going to give up that haul. They would know with Sonny calling them and being like, hey, do you want to make this trade? He's not picking Callahan. They would have known that at that point. So that's, that's Dude, all. I, I find it funny that you mentioned the the intern because, like, while I totally agree with that particular take on it, I also think that that was part of the realism that in an intern would get treated like shit. Well, they would get treated like shit. I just don't think they'd be as inept and bumbling and, like, nervous. I don't think you would have nearly high, as high profile of a role in that particular day. That's for sure. You're right. You're not that. getting the call from GM. He's not no. taking the call from a GM. Your Donna you're, from Suits is taking the call from GMs or whoever. You're your person. A lot of you're those interns, a lot of those NFL interns, some of the, a lot of GMs start out as NFL interns. You know what I mean? Like they're hard jobs to get, and they're like yeah, Ivy yeah. League grads. They're smart. These guys aren't like Jimmy from uh, Geek Squad at uh, Best Buy or whatever. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> these guys are legit. Like, <laughs> setting up your air printer there <laughs> <laughs> exactly get the dot matrix printer taken out he's gonna, he's gonna give you an extended warranty 
And the, how about the weird scene where he's crying about his laptop? Like, why did they even have that in there? Just a weird yeah. scene to throw in there. I'm going to buy uh, the best MacBook you can possibly get your hands on. Relax, big shooter. Calm down. Hey, did you not find that guy? This is uh, one for you, JR. Did you not find that intern looked like your boy from Superstore a little bit? <laughs> oh, yeah, he kind of did. Kind of did. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, yeah. He did. I never even thought about that. Jump into the soundtrack. So music was uh, composed by John Debney. Debney has been the recipient of three Primetime Emmy Awards and an Academy Award nomination for his score of Mel Gibson's Passion of the Christ. His other credits include Little Giants, Sudden Death, Liar Liar, Michael Jordan to the Max, uh, and The Replacements. What do we think of the soundtrack? Perfectly fine. Uh, Good with me. I'm not a big music guy, so it was perfectly fine with me. Never got in the way, and it was kind of like to go for a football movie for me, Web. I don't have much to say about it. Never do. No, there's not a whole lot to really talk on this one because there's no real pop music choices in it. But that being said, uh, fantastic for what it was. Like it was scored really well. I went today. If you go on uh, Amazon, you can actually listen to each of the individual tracks um, and how they're scored. And they're 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 very good. They're fitting for the moments that they're put in. Um, the one the draft day ones in particular. Uh, really, really well done. So, yeah, no, I thought he did a great job. It's funny you talked about some of those credits, Jamer. I was laughing when you said the uh, Little Giants one. That's uh, that's quite the yeah, that's quite the detour, I'll say. From uh, oh, it's very different, yeah. From, from draft day, anyways. Little yeah, oh, I thought he, I thought he really captured the tense moments throughout the movie, like with the he with did, the score. You know, and I thought he did a good, he yeah. did a really good job at building building moments too, right? Like the ones that they. Uh, like the the car ride in the background music where he's driving in in the truck and listen to the talk radio like i forget what the scene is called but uh it, it's really really well done it's perfect for that kind of trying to convey the emotion of like oh shit i'm sitting here listening to this and it, it's a really stressful day so no yep. i like how uh how boys how on that talk radio how much bumbling nonsense is that talk radio oh, oh yeah oh my god that's classic like cleveland course. talk radio i'm out i'm out when I hear talk, sports talk radio, quick. Yeah. When I hear that, oh, I think that whatever the callers come in, oh, yeah. it's like, man, what is it? Five, whatever Buffalo is. Fan sometimes you get the, oh, oh, fan five ninety in Toronto, and then you sometimes when I used to live down near Belleville, Ontario, and Sterling, Ontario, at night you get Buffalo channels, and you're like, with the coach Chuck Dickerson, and it'd be like, oh my, God, Buffalo sports talk. We're talking with the Bills back in the Wade Phillips days. They were bad. It was nonsense on the radio. You're like, goodbye. Anyway, yeah. sorry, nonsense. Let's uh, jump into our movie wrap-up. Where does this rank among all-time sport uh, for- football movies, and where does it rank among all-time sports movies? <clears throat> football movies for me, um, I hadn't seen this in a while, so it kind of reminded me how good this movie actually is. And this cast is fantastic. It's full of actors and actresses that I really enjoy. So football movies for me, this one's pretty high. This one's in the, probably the top 11. I have this up in the top 11. I really enjoy it. I love the behind-the-scenes stuff, even though there's not as much action. I really enjoy the inner workings of it. And Kevin Costner does does not wrong for me. It's a sports movie. So I really enjoy it. Overall, uh, probably my top... I had it in my top. I looked at it today. I kind of thought about it. In between... Under my top 50. Like below 50 or less. Somewhere in there. I, I will watch it again anytime. I really like this movie. So top 50, I would say um for this one fellas 
Yeah, any movie that opens with Chris Berman, I, I, I get a thumbs up. Any movie that sees the Seahawks getting screwed over, I'll even give it a, a <laughs> second thumbs up. Uh, so I liked it for those those two things. It did open with the Seattle Seahawks, though, so that made me want to puke. Um, it was a it was it's a good movie in terms of football. I mean, it's the behind the scenes stuff, so it's really hard to get super excited about it as a football movie and put it anywhere near a top ten. Uh, I think it's probably I'd put it some. I, I really enjoy it, but I say I'm kind of in the same boat as Jr. I'll say I'll put it around fifteen. Uh, maybe maybe a little slightly higher in between 10 and 15 it could go either way um so i'll say in in terms of football movies there all time outside my top 50 uh it's a good movie i enjoy it i i like the cast i think the people who are in it did a great job uh it's entertaining um mrs webster came down for like the last like 15 minutes of it and she got welled up when you know towards the end so she actually enjoyed it so I think it's one you can kind of rewatch again. So I would say it's probably, I'll put it around 55 in and around there. It's outside my top 50, but just barely outside my top 50. Yeah, I agree. This is a, I really like this movie and I have it at number 12, all time football. And that's not to like put any detriment towards this movie. It's just that there's a lot of really good football movies. Uh, I've got it all time uh, between sixty and seventy. It's it's a good movie, and there's again that there's a lot of good movies that fit in that in that realm as well. Uh, so this week we're doing a draft on draft day, for the NFL draft. So our draft this week is football players who most certainly ended up getting NFL scouts fired. So football players who most certainly ended up getting NFL scouts fired, and this could be in a positive way, a reason like maybe they were fell deep in it and how do you miss this kid or they got picked too high and ended up busts so lots of lots of room wiggle room here for who to pick it should be an interesting draft and i think we have jr going number one webb you're second and i'm third but i'm going to make a trade with you jr i'll trade you two future first overall picks for your third round pick and your second no i'm just kidding you go ahead we'll just <laughs> you should trade your five yeah it sucks <laughs> I'm like Mike Dicka. I'll give you everybody. I just want this. I just want Jamarcus Russell. No, um, I uh, I traded. I offered Jamer earlier today too. I said Jamer for your third. I'll give you the first overall in exchange for three straight third round picks or third picks. Right. I wanted three straight of them so I could get all my guys because I know I can drop down. I can go down and I can get the people I want. Get okay, the guys first over. First overall pick, uh, I have to go, and this one goes out to a friend of the podcast, Adam Square Riggs. This guy's a scumbag, and he got scouts fired everywhere. How did they not see this? Every scout said red flag Dale Davis, RAP, sorry, Dale. But there's somebody somewhere on the $100 trick that's already been mentioned. I have to pick this guy. Well, we can throw on his knees. They're literally, they said, this guy can go on his knees, and he can throw the ball 70 yards from his knees. Let me know when you're throwing the ball 70 yards from your knees when the defensive end <laughs> From Neil Smith from Kansas City's pancaking you. Good luck on that, okay? This is football. This is the big leagues now. It's not. Anyway, Jamarcus Russell, you scumbag. You went 7 and 18. You showed up for the mini camp at 290 pounds, you fat. You know what? Be better, okay? You good suck. Pick. Jamarcus That's Russell, sorry, I have to pick it. You suck. You're still, JR, you got paid forever. JR worst, JR, worst Raider moment, that or the tuck? Marcus Russell, I'm sorry, because at least the tuck, the tuck was in a snowstorm. Charles Woodson made a hell of a play. 
he sacked her. He sacked his former college teammate. Never mind. Leave me alone. <laughs> that'd be like that'd be like Kyle Williams fumble to you. But, uh, uh, Kyle Williams fumble. What? Kyle Williams. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, New, New England Patriots would it? Uh, yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. The go only ahead. thing I can say is that David Tyree wouldn't have existed without the 49ers getting screwed by Kyle Williams. Anyways, <laughs> moving on. Uh, all right. I mean, this is an obvious choice for for Grumpy Web. Uh, I'm going to go with, I don't care what anybody says, he's the greatest quarterback of all time. Uh, selected in the third round in the 1979 draft. Drafted behind Jack Thompson, who played a career, uh, only started five games in three seasons between, uh, sorry, for Cincinnati and 16 in Tampa Bay. He had a career, average, or career 33 touchdowns, 45 INTs. He was out of the league in five years. Phil Sims, honorable mention. All right, won a Super Bowl, won MVP in the Super Bowl, 199 TD career passes, 157 uh, picks, uh, and has at least 13 New York Giants all-time records. Still not in the Hall of Fame. Okay, good pick, though. Picked at seven. Steve Fuller picked at 23rd in that same draft. Overall at number – sorry, he was picked overall at number seven. 23rd overall, played seven seasons in the league. Started 42 games through two, 28 TDs, had 41 picks with both Kansas City and Chicago. All three picked ahead of the little guy from Notre Dame. The little guy who went on to win four Super Bowl MVP, or four Super Bowls, three Super Bowl MVPs. Uh, played in the league for over 16 seasons. The GOAT, the man. And he won. Oh yeah, sorry, I forgot to mention. He also won a national championship in Notre Dame. The goat, Joseph Montana, and he's a hell of a Skechers ad too. And Guinness. And Guinness, but you know, <laughs> I like his restaurants. He got good wings at his restaurant. Joseph Montana probably got a few scouts fired. Can you imagine <laughs> Joe Montana on the same team with LT Jr. Oh. And like, yeah, imagine Carl Banks, Joe Montana, uh, LT. <laughs> Uh, Jumbo Elliott, imagine that team. Look, in New York, not. he would have been a star. I'm sorry. Mark Bavaro. Remember Mark Bavaro? You threw the ball in a three-yard slant. He carried the entire defense for seven more yards and fell. Let's anyway, call it like it is, Phil Sims. You won a Super Bowl because you had LT. Yeah. Phil Sims was good. Anyway. He's anyway. good, but he's not Hall Anyway. Before... Before I make my pick, I'm going to make a clarification here. We made a rule before the draft. I forgot to mention it that you can't take Tom Brady because that's that's just too obvious. It's too easy. It's too obvious. You know. So anyway, that's why that's why people are probably wondering why we haven't mentioned Tom Brady. That's why we made a rule about it. Uh, with my first pick, I'm going to pick a guy. He was a seventh round pick, 192nd overall in the 1990 NFL draft. He won three Super Bowls, eight time Pro Bowler, four time All Pro. He's a Hall of Famer, arguably the best tight end ever to lace him up. He also does a great job of keeping Skip in his place every morning. I'm talking about Shannon Shay Sharp. He moved my grass on that one. If Akio spikes his truck gets stuck in the snow, I'm not picking him up. <laughs> he was amazing on that hard knocks. He was so funny. Him and uh, Tony Syracuse. If you guys haven't... If, all the listeners, if you haven't watched the season, the Hard Knocks with, uh, I think it was the very first season with the Baltimore Ravens. They yeah, won the yeah. Super Bowl that year. They had Shannon Sharp, Tony Siragusa. Those guys are worth the price of admission. They're so funny. 
Oh, I get the next pick. So yep. I'm going to pick a guy who, um, I'm, it's just going to be kind of a funny pick because there's two sides to it. So he was, in my opinion, he's the greatest athlete who ever lived. And he was originally drafted with the first overall pick in the 1986 draft by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. However, he decided to play baseball and he didn't sign. So he ended up re-entering the draft the next year. And what puts him on the list for me is that the next season, he was passed over with 182 picks until the Raiders, JR's Raiders, grabbed him in the seventh round. Now, how the hell didn't you do your homework and realize, hey, he will play football? He'll play football in the right situation if we, if we allow him to play baseball, too. So how do you let that slide through? And, and he goes 182 picks down and becomes an absolute like video game legend because of how dominant he was. Tecmo Bowl, baby. It's good about Bo Jackson if you guys haven't figured that out already. What division were the Royals considered in that at that time? Were they in the Central or were they would been in the West? I think it was the Central. Don't they were the Central. Yeah. Were they, and they were they were AL. Yeah, they were AL Central at that time. It, 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 it would have made it way more easier if, if he was on a team in the AL West, right? You run a jet sweep with Bo Jackson and Tech Mobile, you're scoring. Unless the other team is Lawrence Taylor, it might be tough. Or Ronnie Lott, that leg. I think if I'm not <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, I think his thing was uh, at the time was I want to finish the baseball season, then I'll start playing football. So he would have had to miss what a month or he missed so. Missed four games. He used to miss four games. He would have had to miss four games. And teams were losing their marbles over that. I'm like, you get Bo Jackson though, like for the rest of the season, like yeah. Nowadays, guys miss it because of a marijuana charge. You know, so that's it is what it is. All right, I got next. Yep, uh, I'm going to go with one more recently, uh, and I had to I had to remember the exact details. So I'm going from uh, ProFootballNetwork.com for the little the the uh, kind of write up here for this one because uh, I couldn't remember all the details. But if you get two teams to trade your first round picks for you uh, and you still shit the bet after being the number three overall pick. It's pretty bad. Uh, and the best is because he went to Alabama, I'm going to stick it to him even more. Uh, fuck you, Alabama. Roll Tide. Uh, <laughs> all our listeners out there, uh, if you're an Alabama fan, get at me. Uh, I'm going with Trent Richardson with my second. Ooh, good pick. He was so fat and slow. And he screwed over multiple franchises. You're a and, bad, bad prick. And you know what, Webb? He even got cut by the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. That's right. Remember he came to the CFL and they're like, hit the bricks, you can hit it too. I forgot all about that. Good point, JR. All right, I'm up. So I'm going to go on a prospect that people missed on. And this is not to try to be funny or anything, Webb. This guy was an absolute stud. And I don't know how he fell to 133rd pick overall. This guy's a Super Bowl champ, a special teams ace, could block any extra point. He had it down to a tee. He used to jump over top of lines. He's the only person I've ever seen who could actually cover Rob Gronkowski. It's like a truck. On the Legion of Boom, I actually thought he was actually their best player. I'm going with Cameron Chancellor. I think Cam Chancellor, the 133rd pick in the 2010 draft. Pick. I don't think people realize how big and strong he is. He was like 235, ran like a deer, hit like a truck. He was one of those few safeties you found who would cover tight ends and slot receivers. So I'm going Cam Chancellor. And then my next pick is uh, – who should I go as? There's lots to pick. I'm going to pick with uh, a draft bust. I am going to go with the third overall pick. Um, I missed the year. 
he is Achilles Smith from Cincinnati. Oh, Remember how bad he was? Yeah. He played at Oregon. He came out. He played at Oregon. He was a third <laughs> overall pick. He's supposed to be super athletic and was one of those like Cleveland, Cincinnati for years were so bad and missed on so many picks that in four seasons, 39 Ts, five touchdowns, uh, three and 14, 46.6% passer rating. Keely Smith was supposed to be one of the saviors of the up-and-coming bungles, as Chris Berman would say. Absolutely atrocious as a, as a football player. He should have stuck with baseball. So that's my last bet. Pretty bad. I had his, uh, I had his uh, classic. Uh, they used to have the sets classic where you could get classic draft picks or whatever. I had his card, and I remember it was supposed to be so sick. It was terrible. He was so bad. So I'm torn because I'm, I'm going to take another bust, but I'm torn because... Part of me wants to stick it to the Seahawks because I hate their guts. Uh, but I think part of me has to just go with, you know, the biggest, one of the biggest busts. Has a great 30 for 30 special on him and how big of a bust he is. I think, uh, you know, and the fact that he got picked over Peyton Manning still uh, kills me mm-hmm. to this day. I, gotta, I think we've got to go with Ryan Leaf at, 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 as my third pick uh, because, I mean, he just ended up being <clears throat> a scumbag, too, of a human being. Glad to see that he's turning his life around, though. Uh, last, I, I mean, I checked in on him. He was coaching again and doing some pretty good stuff with, like, I think it's a D3 school or something like that. He's starting to kind of really get it, get it together again, so good for him. He went behind Peyton, though, didn't he? Didn't he go two? Peyton won, because there's always Peyton Manning right. or Ryan Leaf. Yeah. He went yeah, two, sorry. Peyton won. That's right. Yeah. Sorry, you're right. But, so, but ahead of other great players, though. Yeah, and he was third in the draft that year, so, okay. Because he went to Washington State and they lost in the Rose Bowl, and he was good in college. But, but God, leading up to that draft, they, they did. They were flipping around like some teams were going to take him one. Like that was that was kind of it wasn't a, it wasn't as clear cut as no. would, for sure. No, no. Um, all right, to wrap this up, I'm torn. This is a tough one. I've there's some easy ones like there's a lot of guys that people missed, but I'm going to pick this guy because of because of how hyped he was. How crazily hyped he was. Um, he was easily consensus, no problem, going to be the number one pick overall in the 2005 NFL draft. Hands down. Everybody was talking about it. But miraculously and oddly, and I think it was because his coach in college was so good. He was just a legendary coach at USC. Uh, great Pete Carroll. <laughs> he somehow knows how to run an offense. Gosh, he convinced them to uh, come back for his senior year. He ran up and down the sidelines going, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this guy, this guy, this quarterback, came back for his senior. Didn't didn't play as well, but played well enough. He ended up going 10th overall in 2006 and basically forced Kurt Warner to slug it out for a few more years because he was so inadequate as an NFL quarterback. I'm talking about Matt Leinart. Remember how sick he was in that 2005 year when he won the Heisman and he was just insane. He was so good. And he's just so became such a NFL quarterback. Wasn't line the, right, the year the Bush pushed JR? Correct me if I'm wrong. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Yeah. We were down in Potsdam that night. It was a Saturday night game versus yeah. Notre Dame. And we were down in Potsdam that night. And Mark Hamilton's apartment watching it. And we were so mad yelling yeah. at the people. Because, yeah, the Bush push was that. And Notre Dame made a stand. And then that O line. Anyway. Never mind. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. That line was awesome. Yeah, no. uh, some the, some good people on the line there. I was going to mention Bart Starr was a 17th round pick, 200th overall. I know he's an old school guy, but he's two Super Bowls, NFL MVP, four Pro Bowls. He's a Pro Football Hall of Famer. 
Roger Staubach. Roger uh, Staubach, tenth round. I know he went to Navy, but tenth round, and he's a he's a six Pro Bowls, two Super Bowls. America's what about the Boz boys? The Boz was. Oh, well, that's who I wanted to take the piss out of because the. As soon as yeah, Bo Jackson, I was like, ah, oh, well, I, I maybe want to take the Boz because Bo Jackson made the Boz look so stupid. But he put oh, yeah, yeah. about the fifth row of the Kingdome there. Yeah. And uh, the Boz was definitely what Heath Schuler I had too. Remember Heath Schuler at Tennessee? He was Peyton Manning. That Peyton got Manning. hurt. The Boz got hurt. Had a bad injury. I left guys that like. It was outside of their control. You know what I mean? Johnny Manziel, Tim Couch. There's yeah. a ton. I mean, Locker. Yeah. What's that? Who? Jake Locker. Remember Jake Locker? Oh, yeah. Unless Here's one I had uh, that people missed was uh, Terrell Davis. Yeah. He went the sixth round out of Georgia. I'm like, Terrell Davis. Holy cow. He only, How good he, he was the year they won the Super Bowl. He only played six Ooh. seasons in the NFL, and he's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He's like, hurt. You know who's another underrated to me, anyways, underrated running back? Uh, Edger and James. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Underrated Absolutely. running back, and I mean, I don't know what I, I I'd have to look it up because I think I feel like Frank Gore went pretty late in the draft too, and he's had a, a hell of oh. a career. Absolutely. Yeah. Edger and James is a fantastic running back. They had their yeah. their uh, their big three for years. Those guys are great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. All right. Tell them where to hit us up, Webb. All right. Thanks, every, uh, again, everybody, for listening and uh, uh, following along. Don't forget to uh, subscribe and leave a review. And if you uh, want to, you can continue to engage with us on Twitter at Big League Flicks and on Instagram at Big League Flicks Pod. Don't forget to check us out on YouTube where you can find all our, uh, all our great videos. And uh, check us out on TikTok as well so you can see Big Bruce and uh, the rest of uh, the crew there. And uh, have yourself a great week, everybody. Go Niners. Enjoy the rest of the draft. Take care, everybody. Big League Flicks, Jordan, Christian, and Jammer talking movies about sports and the glitz and the glamour. Got a cold beer pairing for the leading lady staring. Fun facts and trivia and man rocket comparing. Soundtracks and music, they'll rate all these things. Was it real or did they lose us as the fat lady sings? Talking junk, have a giggle, comedy, drama, romance. Did the film deliver six to noon in my pants? With their big bag of tricks, these podcast critics. Jordan Christian and Jammer with Big League Flicks. Jordan Christian and Jammer with Big League Flicks. Jordan Christian and Jammer!